Hello and welcome back to the Making Sense podcast and another episode of Pocket Change. Myself Jay here and today I'm going to give you a quick update on inflation. This will be part of probably a three-part episode so I'm going to record one long episode and cut it in three parts. Um, so this one will cover inflation. The following two will be a bit about COP26 and green investing and then the last one will be a little bit about just my general view on how politics are going to shape financial markets and how they're reacting to financial markets. So yeah, just the impact of politics, basically. So yeah, today's episode will be all about inflation and uh, yeah, how prices are moving. I've looked at a couple of reports, um, one from the Bank of England and one from the Office of National Statistics, or ONS. So you probably did hear about this a little while ago. Great if you did. Means you're keeping up to date and all that kind of good stuff, which is what I advocate. But if you haven't, lucky you're listening to this and I'll hook you up. So you're good, you're good, you're good, you're good. Actually, quick sidebar before I get into the topic at hand. I want to shout out to everybody who follows us on Instagram. Um, everyone that uh, answers the polls and interacts with the polls and kind of gives their answers, which, you know, you'll see that I post up. Um, thank you for your engagement. Thank you for your contributions. Um, you know, everything you say, it really helps, you know, shape what we, you know, continue to put out. As you would have known if you've been following us from the beginning, we haven't really put out much audio content in probably a significant period of time. But that's coming. Shout out to John and Charles. Um, you'll see me post them on the Instagram as well. Um, two very cool brothers who are smarter than me. Um, I'm a very wise guy, so I surround myself with intelligent people. Um, and yeah, we'll come, we'll, you know, we'll get to putting out you know, content similar to what you would have heard from us previously. So, um, you know, we'll give our individual views um, of an area in finance and make sense of it for you guys, right? So, inflation. Why is that a big deal? So, you should know that by now, simply because it's affecting you every single day in in a number of ways. So, first and foremost, it's the measure of the change in prices over a period of time, or generally the increase in prices, inflation. If prices are decreasing, it'd be known as deflation, which is not a good thing, even though you, you would think it, you know, prices going down is a good thing. Not necessarily a good thing for the economy because, you know, your price is somebody else's revenue or income, essentially. So, you know, your price will be going down, but somebody else's income is going down. And how's that impact the machine, which is our economy? You know, all these things interlink. So, what you would have heard, um, if, or if you Google after this or while watching this, listening to this, um, yeah, I've got a ring light as well. So eventually you will see some visuals of myself and the rest of us, but just not today. Can't be bothered. But yeah, <laughs> if you Google inflation right now, you'll see that, uh, the number of 4.2 being reported. Now, one thing to point out there, that's the measure excluding owner housing costs. So, Things like you know your mortgage payments or any of the fees you pay to advisors or to your bank, right? Um, I imagine it will include maybe your home building insurance as well. But essentially, the cost of owning this home isn't included in that four point two number. Now, a number of things are linked to CPI, so that four point two number is the CPI inflation, um, and there are a number of things that are linked to it. So that's why you'll notice the media and definitely the Bank of England. Um, are focusing in on it. However, one thing I know is the ONS, they are focusing on the, the, the whole number, which is the CPIH, 
which includes those costs. So it's a more, in my view, a more well-rounded number, you know, um, and what I look at. And if you go on the ONS website and read the report, the latest report, you'll see there's a lot of analysis of the CPIH, but not much of CPI, which is, as I say, interesting. However, for you, you just really want to know um, which way prices are going. Now, I'll stop here. For me, I think probably the key thing with inflation is to do something that I've seen Charles do on his Instagram. And I, I did post it, I'm sure I did, um, where he effectively went out and found, you know, in a very funny way, his personal inflation rate. And that's something we all need to do. It's all great listening to these numbers. Um, and the number itself may be important if you have some sort of, you know, some of your finances linked to it, whether it be in, in an investment or if you're literally just worried about interest rates moving on the ba on the back of it. So yeah, the num the overall number is a is of importance, but in your real life, you need to figure out your inflation rate. You know, the things you buy, how are those prices moving. So Charles listed out or detailed out the price of his Nando's meal, you know, a few months ago compared to now. Um, another place you'll see it is um, petrol prices and energy prices. So looking, I'll go into the you know the the drivers behind these numbers in a second. But key, key thing is please um, review your spending, I think, especially if you're trying to build wealth or if you're trying to change your, you know, where you're heading financially. Looks, to, I'd say take this moment in time if you haven't done already. If you're already doing it, you know, revisit it maybe and change those numbers because some of your, you know, your expenses are going to go up, you know. Um, but yeah, really look at what you're spending, what the prices are, how they've changed and see how inflation is impacting you or has impacted you personally run and do that now right now pause this and go. actually don't pause this continue go back do it afterwards so cool so what's behind these numbers actually cool let me give you a quick summary of them so cpih inflation went up by so this is another thing to mention so with inflation we generally look at it on a 12 month basis so any individual month um can be volatile so you have how it's looked at is the 12 month kind of average of inflation so you know that 12 month period will just go forward by a month each month so let's i'm going to call it annual inflation so annual inflation in the month of october was 4.2 which is an increase from the previous month um, of 1.1 percent so it was previously 3.1 percent now it's up to 4.2 and that's one of the most significant increases we've seen in in this in, in recent time i think maybe since the war maybe so that's a massive increase um, relatively um, to, to our past. CPIH, which as I say includes owner housing costs, uh, went up by 3.8 and that's an increase of just under 1% up from 2.9 in September up to the 3.8 that we're seeing this month. And as I say, for me, I, I look at that number simply because you can get more analysis of it and it's it includes, you know, a lot of us either are homeowners or want to be homeowners. So I think it's worthwhile looking at that number in my opinion. But I'm sure someone out there, somebody out there could uh, make an argument for CPI. And yeah, please do. Please do. And I'll spread the word. Then the last one is one you would have heard of back in the day if you studied finance at all. And that's RPI, which is the Retail Price Index. I actually can't remember the basket of goods that are included in that. But obviously, it's going to be retail driven. Um, but yeah, I wonder how different or what it, how it's different from CPI. But anyway, cool. So those are the key numbers there, 4.2 CPI, 
that's include excluding homeowner costs, 3.8 including homeowner costs, and the retail price index was gone up by six uh, percent. So what's the drivers behind inflation? So the main key ones are housing costs, which increased or contributed 1.5 percent to our 3.8 increase. Um, that's mainly made up of energy costs, furniture costs, not so much rent on mortgages, but definitely energy costs. You would have seen that, whether it be in your bills or on the news. And the driver behind that is Ofgem, who the regulator that looks at energy costs, has increased the kind of the maximum that the suppliers in the UK or the suppliers to the UK can charge. So Ofgem reported the price cap had increased by 12% since April 21 because of a rise of over 50% in energy costs over the last six months. With gas prices hitting a record high as the world emerges from lockdown. So I think this is maybe linked to the pent-up demand. And that's a theme you'll see when looking at inflation. That a lot of this is driven by our GDPs recovering. And, you know, and I'll, I'll post um, a, a graph of GDP so you can see how it has recovered. Or where we were before the pandemic, where we were during it and where we're now. And it kind of shows you with an increase in activity and money being spent that's going to increase demand in you know especially comparatively uh, which is gonna increase inflation and i'll take a minute to pause there so we're on housing costs but i'm going to interject and pause here maybe i'll put like some sort of tone or something like that i don't know but in all of these numbers i want you to consider one thing uh, not one thing consider this thing the base effect now there's a report on the rns website which i read which is pretty interesting. And I think it's something we should all bear in mind when looking at inflation, especially over the next few months, maybe to a year. Now, the base effect essentially, and this is something I've posted on the Instagram, so you would have seen this before if you follow. Well done. But it's essentially where prices, <clears throat> or the prices you're comparing to when seeing how much prices have increased, were artificially low because some sort of stimulus. Now, if you think back to last year in the pandemic, we had a VAT reduction. I think it was specifically on... On, on the services sector, right? On like going out and eating and stuff. I don't think it was across everything. I should know that. And um, and also the eat out to help out scheme. So generally what I took away from that report was understanding why, you know, inflation numbers are going to look high as over the, you know, the immediate term as we recover. Um, and that's simply because we're, we're measuring from a much lower or an artificially or unusual lower base than we normally would be. So just bear that in mind. You know, they're, they're going to look higher compared to like historic norms because we're in unprecedented times you know we haven't been here before or we haven't been in these kind of situations since the world war and that had a massive impact on on the economy going forward something which i'll cover at some point in a way that's not boring i promise you but anyway yeah so just remember that with everything and that's a theme across all numbers you're going to hear you know everything's the highest since records began or the highest since world war ii and that's just where we're at but anyway, so back to the drivers. So we've covered housing costs that went up by 1.5%, as I said. And that's mainly by because of the price caps being raised on energy costs, plus furniture costs. So much enough of us must be moving. Um, forgive, you're going to get my my urban vernacular every now and again. So bear with me. Next up was transport costs, which contributed 1%. Um, so behind that included petrol prices which were an average of £1.38 in October 21 compared to £1.13 uh, the previous year. That's a significant increase. Um, I think at the time of recording this, which is uh, the 29th of November, 
I think price is what I saw around the pound fifty mark, and I wouldn't be surprised if we see £2. Forgive me if I'm talking it into existence. I just saw it, though. But um, it's crazy, because I remember, and I'm going to find a picture to post up to make myself feel old, but I remember when prices initially went to £1, and it caused mass uproar in the media. I even, I'm pretty sure there were protests about it. I'm pretty sure there was. But I remember paying, you know, 70, 80 pence per litre for petrol. And, you know, and it's been above one pound for a long, long time. Um, and I just, yeah, it would be interesting to see if we ever do get to the two pound mark because that's just insane. Um, oh, another factor in the increase in transport costs was car prices, predominantly used cars. So you would have heard of the semiconductor shortage. So that's chips that are used in a number of electronic devices, including phones and cars. As you, if you have, have driven a new car, been in a new car, they're heavily driven by tech now. It's not just an engine and a stereo. There's entertainment systems. There's, you know, you can control things, especially if you've got like a Tesla or something like that. There's a lot of computer computing that's needed. And how long does that last? I'm hearing, I'm pretty sure John's mentioned, I think into, into next year, definitely before we can catch up with the increased demand or that increased demand starts to level out. Um, I have not heard much about any kind of new production that's going into place that could maybe, or I'm not really given a firm timeline as to when the shortage um, stops. But yeah, it has a massive inc- uh, impact, right? Um, people, you know, I'm hearing are having to wait till like March, April next year to, to get new cars. So the lead time on new cars has been pushed out, which then has an impact on the second-hand car market because there's less used cars entering the second car, second-hand car market. Um, it's quite interesting having, I've worked in, uh, a vehicle, well, a vehicle leasing firm, or I've worked in the motor industry before and just the whole life, lifespan or life cycle, should I say, of a vehicle from, you know, it being new and how they, the different channels they use to get the vehicles into the market and, you know, and how they progress throughout the, throughout the assets life, you know, from being new, who has it at new, the kind of people that have it secondhand. What happens to it, you know, when it when it comes to end of life or contract? So yeah, less new cars, you know, becoming secondhand cars, um, uh, in decreasing supply of secondhand cars, which is increasing the price. Also, a lot more people are looking at cars now for, and that will probably be a number of reasons. You know, they've moved out of the city, so they you know they they need a car because they live in a more suburban area. Um, they no longer want to take public transport because they're scared of COVID. So there's more people that want cars. And less supply of the cars means prices go up. Do, do, do. What else was there? <laughs> the last one I think you lot will find interesting, especially the people that follow us on IG. But lifestyle or socializing, social life contributed just under 1% uh, to the increase. Um, and that's mainly uh, hotels, eating out. So obviously, you know, we've been locked down for two years and people want to get out and be sociable. So I get it. Um, and once again, you'll see that the, the base effect will play through in these numbers because we were locked down. We couldn't go anywhere. So the fact that we're out now, the increase is going to look big. But, you know, we may just be back to near historical norms or probably below the historical norms, you know. But those are the main things. So it's housing costs, transport costs and, and doing lifestyle. So in those three areas there, have a look at what you spend and how those prices are moved. And that's the main thing you need to do with inflation. Um, 
So that's you personally, more broadly from an economic point of view. Um, the Bank of England have said, or they're signaling, signaling in the latest report that the base rate will increase by 1% by the end of 2022. So if you have a mortgage that's coming to an end at around that time, um, you might want to factor that in uh, to get into your calculations because the mortgage deals that will be available at that point probably won't be as cheap as they are now, um, especially if inflation continues as many, people, as many people believe it will. Another point to cover is a word you would have heard is transitory. Transitory. Yeah, there you go. Which basically just means short term. Uh, and no, actually, no, not even short term. That's a bad way to explain it, funny enough. So transitory inflation is essentially stating that the, the inflation that you're experiencing or a country's experiencing isn't going to get baked into the normal rhythm of inflation. So it's not a case that transitory inflation just means it's going to be for a couple of months. That could still be two, three years. It's just whether or not the drivers behind the inflation become permanent, if you know what I mean. And, and and the way they become permanent is if they get they start to impact inflation expectations. Now, it's going to be a little bit of a geeky moment, sorry. But one of the interesting parts with inflation is human, human behaviour. What's good, folks? Now, I did an okay job of explaining transitory inflation. However, I think it'd be probably better for all of us if you listen to this quick clip from the governor of the Bank of England, who explains, uh, yeah, explains what transitory inf- uh, inflation is, what can cause it, and yeah, then you can get back to listening to me. All right. There is no, there is no fixed unit of time um, that is transitory. For me, at least, uh, it's a behavioural thing, um, particularly in the context in which we're operating, which is the longer, in a sense, that sort of that 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 that, that sort of temp that rise in inflation goes on the more there is a risk that it gets translated into inflation expectations, particularly medium-term inflation expectations, can get translated, obviously, into wage bargaining. So it's, it's far more of a behavioural thing. I think, you know, I, I think the, the evidence we would say is clear. So not only can, you know, people's buying behaviour change because they, you know, in some instances, could decide to start buying things earlier. So as we run into Christmas, people... You know, it doesn't surprise me that inflation is where it is at the moment because a lot of people are trying to do their Christmas shopping before the, the, the December where there may be empty shelves or that's what everybody's fearing. Um, but then also, um, if we believe that inflation is rising, as he said, it will lead to employees asking for increased wages. And at the moment, uh, the, the, the jobs market is pre- pre- very strong and a lot of firms are actually struggling to hire talent. So making it a good environment for you to try and get a new job paying more or get a raise where you are. Um, so, which then leads to increased costs for these companies, which then gets passed on to their customers, which could be us. And as I say, it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy and inflation becomes more baked into the natural rhythm of the economy. So yeah, that's the thing, how... You know, the, the, the fear of inflation can actually lead to inflation. Yeah, it's kind of mad, you know. But yeah, guys, uh, once again, thank you for your time. Yeah, peace. Take care.